Hi, and welcome to Happiness Through Hardship, the podcast, where we share positive stories and suggestions about finding hope, resources, and connections to help us all get through hard times. I'm Karen Sullivan, a mom, an author, and a stage four cancer patient who's always looking around me for inspiration. I believe in surrounding myself with people and experiences that make me smile. And that's what I'm hoping to do for you today. So grab your favorite drink, get cozy, and let's get started. I am so excited to introduce you to Caroline Mazza, the founder of SMT Treatment, a licensed physical therapist with certifications in brain health, pediatric special needs, and holistic well-being, and the mom of three amazing kids. Along with her functional neurology training, she provides clients with a comprehensive and individualized program. Taking a holistic approach, she looks to find the root causes of their issues that affect their physical and emotional well-being. Her mission is to provide a unique and positive experience with the goal of helping them become more balanced in their mind and body. She uses a ton of different modalities, from lasers and vibration therapy to motions guidance systems and brain tap meditation therapy, and that is just a few. She's also a huge fan of simple breath work, aromatherapy, fitness, and smoothies. While her focus for over 20 years was in the school system helping kids with special needs, she's expanded her expertise over the past decade to include working with kids and adults who have learning differences, anxiety, as well as sleep issues and sports-related injuries, to name a few. In her community alone, she's helped hundreds of people, and now with her company, she can serve so much more. What's amazing is that on paper, she's pretty spectacular, and in person, even more so. I am beyond excited to introduce you to my dear friend, Caroline, who's also an expert in so many areas of life. I call her often, and now she's here to share some of that wisdom with you, too. Hi. Hi. Thank you. <laughs> is it so fun or is it so weird that here we are, we, we talk so much, we walk our dogs together, and I just, I'm grateful that you're here today because we have so many conversations where I'm picking your brain on, you know, a topic that has to do with health and wellness, and not only do you have the answers, you have a lot of data to support it, and sometimes it's over my head because I know you're a lot smarter than me in this space. Uh, or I should say that you've spent many decades training in this space, but I've, I've really, I love you so much as a friend and I love you so much as a, a health practitioner because you've helped me through, um, through using some of the modalities that we'll, we'll talk about, but also just in the education space. And I think that to me was why I so badly wanted to bring you on the podcast. It was just a matter of when, because I know that so many of us, we go through hardship, whether it is a diagnosis for ourselves or our kids, or, you know, it's just, we're going through a hardship in life. And you've really taught me that there's so many different avenues that we can tap into that can help make us feel better. So, um, so again, thank you. But I want you to open up and, and tell us a little bit about you. You started this career in, you know, in the school system, being a, a licensed physical therapist for, for kids. Can you tell us how you started to kind of, you know, edge into the holistic route? Sure. Yes. First of all, I'm so excited to be here. And wow, that was quite an introduction. <laughs> I'm like blushing a little bit. Like that was, you know, 
Um, I love it. And so, uh, you know, it, ever since I was, as long as I can remember, I've always loved children and knew somehow I wanted to always either have children or work with children or a combination of both. I've always been interested in um, holistic natural medicine as long as I can remember. My mom would always talk, you know, about how I'd like doing that. Like going to the natural food stores was like one of my favorite things. And I loved researching just on how plant medicines. And I just loved that natural way of living as long as I can remember. Uh, and then what really kind of catapulted me into um, professionally looking at it even more was that uh, about eight years ago uh, when my husband got sick and he had to have lung surgery and I was talking to the chief of thoracic oncology at Yale and you know asking him about like what are some things that he could do to help him heal faster and he looked at me and was like I have no idea what you're talking about maybe he could eat a couple more fruits or vegetables and that's when I was like whoa, there's such a huge disconnect between the medical world and the holistic world and something needs to be done to try to bring more of this together. And, you know, and this was before like podcasts were really out there and all this other social media. And so like, it's so exciting to me that all of this information is out there and is getting out there more now and that we can share it and there's all these different platforms to share. And so that's really what was started me moving into that realm. Well, and what's interesting is is it is a beautiful thing now that there is so much more access to this information. But on the same note, as somebody who I feel like I am somewhat schooled in wellness and, and various holistic practices, it's overwhelming for me. Mm-hmm. So if it's overwhelming for me, how are you know, how is the the busy everyday mom or dad, um, you know, or teenager for that matter, supposed to just dive in and be like, oh, uh, you know, I know I could find something on Google, but Google is not always the answer. In fact, many times it's absolutely the wrong answer. And so we need to, and something I've learned, I think through my experience with the cancer or even just as being a parent is to go to a certified expert. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I will sooner, hey, text our pediatrician and ask her questions than go down the rabbit hole of going to Google. And hey, we're lucky that we've got that with the pediatrician. But um, which is why, again, I love when experts like you will come in and will share their philosophies and and what they do so that people out there know that this stuff exists. So um, will you tell us a little bit about your philosophy and how you've now grown in the holistic space and, and where what your beliefs are now? Sure. So um, basically about, you know, right before COVID happened, you know, I have a dear friend of mine who was local and she was, and whose daughter had some difficulties, you know, developmental delays and everything and, um, you know, in and out of therapies, you know, pretty much throughout her entire life. And um, she was traveling back and forth to see uh, a doctor in California. And I was really curious about what it was that she was doing and why she was taking so much time to do this. So I I took a trip with her and um, that's where I got introduced to this whole world of, of functional neurology. And I was blown away saying, oh my God, how have I been doing this for, you know, 15 years and never even heard of you know, like some of the primitive reflexes and how it's related to developmental delays and functional neurology and the differences between the left and right brain and how the brain and the body work together. So that was really my first um, introduction to all of this. And I came home 
so excited and motivated. And I spoke to a local chiropractor about it. And he's like, oh, you know, that was, um, you know, Dr. Malillo's work. And I was like, who's Dr. Malillo? I had no idea who he was. And so I um, started researching him and, you know, he traveled all around the world, giving his seminars and teaching his work. And I was like, oh, that's great. But, you know, I have three little kids and to travel to Paris for a weekend sounds great, but I don't know <laughs> how feasible that is. So anyways, um, I was really inspired by his work. Fast forward, COVID happened. And basically when everyone else was binging on like Netflix series and everything like that, um, Dr. Malillo was able to, he offered all of his teachings online. And so I immersed myself in uh, functional neurology, basically for two and a half years and really learning the brain and understanding the brain and how it's related to um, childhood developmental delays and delays in adults and what does that mean? And it was then where it all really started to come together where there's such a connection between what's going on in the brain and what's going on the body and that they need to work together as one. And that, you know, everything that I've learned or seen in the past is everything has always been separate. You know, whether you're it, it's a speech issue or it's a vision issue or it's a motor issue, a fine motor issue, a gross motor issue. It really, it, this kind of just put put it all together. So then I was like, you know, really thinking about it and then, you know, started going back into the schools after, you know, I had this understanding of what was going on in the brain. And then I was like, you know what? The kids that I work with for their gross motor issues, you know what? They all either have trouble with reading, writing, sitting still, like um, they were getting sick all the time. You know, a lot of them are picky eaters. They have certain tics. Um, their movements were uncoordinated, you know, in PE or on the playground. Um, they had difficulty in handwriting and, and in art. And I was like, and that like light bulb just kind of went off like, oh my God, this is all related to brain health, like your brain and your body together. And, you know, I really started looking at things through a different lens of, how I look at someone, you know, why are they having trouble with their balance or why they're having trouble with their eye-hand coordination? What part of their brain is not working, right? And then, you know, they all <laughs> had gut issues, right? Like they all have distended bellies and they're all like, you know, craving either really soft- What did you say? You, you said they, they all have gut issues. Gut issues, yes. Like stomach, you know, stomach issues, yes. Like constipation and, you know, they all had, um, their cores were really weak. They all, you know, they they had the same foods with them every single day. They didn't have a variety of foods and, and textures. And so that's where I really was like, wow, there's a definite connection between what's going on in the brain what's going on in the body. And the two are definitely connected. And even like your emotional state too. Like when a lot of times, you know, if they were in a heightened state and then I'm realizing when they're in a heightened state, like either anxious in class or upset about something or whatever, th they were unavailable to learn. And that's the whole purpose of being in a school system is to learn, right? And so it was just really eye-opening to me when I was able to just put it all together. And that you know, specific diagnoses go with specific parts of the brain and certain brain development. And, and then when I learned, and, and then to even take it a step further, when I realized when they were moving their bodies, when they were in sessions with me, um, and I was able to adjust some of those like sensory inputs, like the lights or the music or background noise, um, and really just honing in on what is going on in their body and then calming their minds, it, whether it's like some deep pressure or moving their body in different range, you know, different motions, uh, planes of motion using two hands together. I noticed 
that a their bodies would become they would become calm right and I could tell through their breathing you could just tell but visually you know how they're reacting to you and when they were more calm then they were more focused and then when you're more focused you're able to follow directions when you're able to follow directions then they're more available to learn and then they're able to communicate with you whether they're verbal or nonverbal and that's the ultimate goal so my my philosophy to answer your question to bring it all in is just that yes there is such a strong connection between what's going on in the brain and the body and the gut and putting it all together you cannot look at things separately so if I understand correctly, mm-hmm. it seems like in the past, for whatever, maybe it was the right thing at the right time as people were looking specifically, like you've got one issue, whether oftentimes maybe a physical issue, and they're just trying to find a way to treat that. Mm-hmm. Now you're looking at a root cause, which may come from the brain. It sounds like are different parts of the brain. And then you have different modalities that you use or not even are modalities like different strengths and exercises and programs that can then help calm them, which then may very well help the problem get better. Am I saying that right? Mm -hmm. Part of um, the brain has a blueprint, right? And so, and, and when you start at the bottom of the pyramid, it's a very detailed map on how your brain develops, right? So, it the thing that you could just remember is sensory input drives motor output sensory input drives motor output okay so what that can mean is that you know whether it's sensory what you're seeing what you're feeling what you're hearing what you're tasting it could be the clothes on your skin it could be textures on your mouth textures in your hands you know in the simplest way that i could explain it is um a sensory input like the rooting reflex when a baby is just born, right? And if you want them to get to to nurse or to um, work on that suck and swallow. So the sensory input is there's usually a stimulus to the face, right? You'd stroke their cheek, they turn their chin and then they start sucking, right? So a sensory input elicits a motor response. Got it. Okay. So when those, when something goes awry in like brain development or, um, and it affects your sensory development, then that can affect your motor output. So, um, you know, there's very time developments as far as, you know, what's developing first, your right brain or your left brain, each side of the brain is responsible for different development. So um, the easiest way that I'd explain it is like your left brain, when that's developing, that's linear, logical, left, all else, right? Okay. Your right brain, <laughs> you know, so you think of like people that are really good at math or mathematicians and like, like things in logical order, right? They're very detail oriented. Right brain are people that see the big picture, right? They're not focused on the details, okay? They're very social. They're very creative. They're very into arts and stuff like that. So, and that's, you know, just kind of to give you an idea of like what the differences are between the right and left side of the brain. So a child that may have an autism diagnosis is left brain dominant. A child that has a dyslexia or an ADHD diagnosis, they're usually right brain dominant. What does that mean though? If we know somebody is right brain, left brain dominant, is that then how you decide how to treat them? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes. And so that's how the world would? <laughs> no, the world will not. The world just looks at symptoms and will not train 
you know, not necessarily treat like, you know, maybe if there's an ADHD diagnosis, they could treat you for ADHD medication, but you're really not truly knowing what's going on in the brain unless you really do a much deeper look. So through a series of questionnaires and, and um, of evaluations, um, I look to see if, you know, someone is left or right brain dominant. And the whole theory behind everything that I do is balance, right? So we want to work on uh, balancing your brain, balancing your body, and putting the two together. So, uh, you know, usually if someone's really good at something, numbers or they're left brain dominant, like they'll try to like give you more and more and more. And basically what you're doing is strengthening that left side even more and not really focusing on the right side. Whereas what I do is I will focus more on the weaker side to help to try to balance those two hemispheres together. All right. Can we take a left turn here? And I want you to yeah. talk about some of these modalities that you yeah. use and, and maybe even for what, because Again, I, I've learned so much just from being your friend over, over these years. And some of what I've learned is, is like I said in the beginning, there are just so many different opportunities to work on our well-being, no matter what we're going through, whether it's the harsh diagnosis. And yes, I come in and utilize your services happily. So when it comes to some of the fear with my diagnosis and, and just, you know, feeling off because of the side effects with cancer, uh, you know, I know that you treat people for whatever ailment, whatever pain they might be going through. And then you also have been dealing with, with children with special needs for over 20 years now. And so you understand that world and some of the learning disabilities that could go along with that. Right. So my specialty for all these years had been children, but I'm able to now expand it to really anyone because someone, you know, an anxiety or a fear for somebody is not much different than a, an anxiety or a fear for another child. It's not going to be treated much differently. So I am able to you know, look at them, find out, kind of assess what the situation is. And again, it's like working on balancing what part of the brain is causing that anxiety from whether it's like, you know, like a treatment session that you had had or uh, a prognosis or an upcoming test that you have to have done. You know, I, I'm seeing a ton of people right now, even fear after coming back out of COVID, like, right, the, 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 the media and everything had instilled so much fear in us. There's a lot of kids that don't necessarily have a diagnosis that have a high anxiety about everyday life, just functioning and getting through everyday life and kind of bringing it back to what I was saying earlier is that, you know, some of these kids in high school or middle school, um, they miss a lot of those crucial years of like that social development piece. And they are, they're at, you know, their anxiety is at extreme high. So I'm able to work on decreasing some of that anxiety Again, so then they're more available to go to school and then they're more available to learn, which is, again, the ultimate purpose. Now, what would some of the modalities that you might use be mm -hmm. for something like that? We'll use anxiety. After my training with Dr. Malolo, I continued um, training with uh, Dr. Brandon Crawford and um, Dr. Kyle Daigle, and they had patented um, a software program, which is called NeuroSage, and that's in conjunction with... Uh, with laser therapy, with low-level light laser therapy. And basically, we can work on any part of the brain, right, that you're working on. And it's either, it's through, the software is either through um, interactive games, or it's also through, you could just, you know, take it in and observe, and you're still getting all the input. And the theory behind it is that basically you're flooding your entire sensory system at the same time. So it's through vibration, it's through laser therapy, it's through sight, it's through sound. 
and it's through um, beats, different frequencies of beats. Um, you know, you, you've been able to experience some of this. And so basically it's like, you know, whether you're working on your balance and coordination or you're working on your cognition or you're working on attention or you're working on fear or if you're working on targeting a specific organ, that part of your brain is responsible for different sights, sounds, and frequencies. And I'm able to customize a program based on specifically what it is your needs are. Well, and as you said, I've I've heard about this all along through your training and then to go and actually experience, I did feel this, I wouldn't say huge sense of calm, a um, stable sense of calm. It wasn't like I walked in and all of a sudden, which I wouldn't want that, all of a sudden like it turned a switch and I walked out a different person. It was very calming and just maybe the way that your whole office is set up really feels like a safe space. Mm-hmm. And I did what was spectacular. And I know you've said other people have said this is it wasn't just like in 10 minutes later, I felt this, you know, intensity of the stress that I had come back. It didn't. I felt like the next few days, I just felt like felt more grounded mm-hmm. and in a more calming state. And, you know, it sounds like from what you're saying is, is it's, it's this various sensory overload in a light way. You're not overwhelmed by it in any way, but I can speak from experience that I absolutely, that worked for me. And the other one that I love is the, uh, there's a name for it. The meditation that's like the brain tap meditation. Is that what you mm-hmm. call it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, I've, I've loved that. Can you talk about that and how that's just a little different than regular Mm-hmm. meditation. Right. So, um, you know, one of the ways that um, I, I, you know, usually cater my sessions to is that I do like to take some data too. And I'm just going to just take a step back just for like one second to explain how it all comes together. And I do like to take a data point at the beginning of my sessions, just with a simple pulse oximeter, measuring your heart rate and your oxygen levels. Because a lot of times you don't even realize if you're anxious, again, that your heart rate is, is is elevated. And when your heart rate is elevated, then you're also not taking the deep breaths, right? And so if you're not taking the deep breaths, then you're not oxygenating your entire body and on and on. So um, I do like to take that measurement in the beginning of a session. Then I go through, you know, like the NeuroSage and the software and um, the lasers. And then at the end, I usually do like to end with a brain tap or some sort of meditation, biofeedback, um, session. Quick question. Biofeedback is something we hear all the time. How would you define that? Neurofeedback, biofeedback, neurofeedback, basically it's training your brain to be able to calm yourself in the moment. So basically you're giving yourself your own feedback through what's going on in your brain. Okay. Got it's it. Simple to explain it. Thank you. Okay. So with the brain tap, it, it's brilliant. Uh, you know, I, everyone loves it. And it's, you know, again, like the headphones and it's working on whatever it is that's going on for you that day, whether it's, you know, some worrying or anxiety, or, you know, a lot of people have issues with sleeping, or if you're in pain, or, you know, for some kids, it's even having a good day at school or making friends or what, whatever it is, it, the brain tap can address it. It talks to you and it gets into your subconscious thoughts. So nine times out of 10, the the people who I'm working with, they'll end up falling asleep. And, but you're still getting that input into your brain. You're hearing it in your subconscious thoughts. And then there's, you know, some lights again, and it's just getting into those thoughts deep behind you. And again, just changing some of those thought patterns. 
you know, one of the things that they talk about, like, you know, when you're having a lot of anxiety or fears, like, you know, you, you're constantly re replaying those thoughts in your head. Dr. Amen likes to call them those automatic negative thoughts, right? And so it's like, we want to squash those ants, like, because it's just like that loop pattern, right? And it's like, you're, if you get stuck in those fear-based um, realities, and it's like, I like to use that acronym even with a lot of people too, is like, fears like false evidence appearing real and just, you know, really trying to just calm your body, calm your mind. And then you're able to think about things and say like, is that, you know, is that rational or is that, is that real or is that not real? And then um, you're generally more balanced in a very gentle way, kind of like you just explained. So when you leave, it's not like you're at this big aha moment or, or, you know, you're on a different speed. It's just that you're just more balanced and you're more calm. And then you're able to receive, right? You're able to receive what input is coming to you, what you're able to receive, what education is coming to you, you'll be able to receive whatever news is coming to you or test results or whatever it is, like you're just more balanced and then you're able to um, go and deal with your everyday life activities. I, I'm going to use that a lot when I describe it, when people ask me, people all the time in the community are like, can you tell me more about what Caroline's doing? Balance, you're right. I walked out of there and I do, I feel really balanced. Mm -hmm. And, and I guess that that's the, the perfect word and the perfect fit. Now you are located here in Connecticut. And so for anybody you've got, you've got a, a new office or fairly new office, but by, by the time this, this drops, uh, that's in Southport. And so you are seeing clients, you've got Instagram, which you're active on, which is SMT underscore treatment and the website. Um, what would you say if people locally want to go, um, check you or even people nationally want to check you? <laughs> um, the, the website is carolinemazza.org. You know, people ask me all the time what SMT stands for. Um, and so it, it just really quickly, uh, you know, it, it's sensory motor therapy. Again, sensory input drives motor output, but it's also the name of my three children, Sophie, Matthew, and Tommy. So I just have to plug that in there. That's where I'm like totally tearing up because it, it's it's so meant to be. The fact <laughs> that it, it makes sense from a professional standpoint, and it's also in the order of their birth too, Sophie. Yes, know. and so um, that's where that stands from and that's where it comes from because I get asked that all the time. So yes, carolinemazza.org is the website. So that's great. Now, for since we have a lot of people that listen to us all over the country, and as much as we want them to come visit the wonderful state of Connecticut, can you throw out a few tips to people if they're going through, whether it's it's the diagnosis of a child, whether it's um, they're really stressed, not sleeping, can you throw out a few tips that mm -hmm. you think can get people started mm -hmm. on feeling yeah. better, feeling more balanced? Right. So basically the, um, the first thing that I would do is just say, educate yourself. Right. And it, like I tell parents all the time, trust your gut. If something doesn't feel right or but something that you're being told or a treatment option, know that there's always other options out there. Um, so that would be the first thing that the second thing that I just wanted to mention, if someone, um, I just did a talk for tiny miracles for, which is a nonprofit for premature babies is that, you know, a lot of new parents out there, they don't know this. They go by the, the guidelines that the CDC put out for developmental milestones. And um, about, I think it's about probably about six months ago, they went in and they changed all the milestones. Um, crawling no longer is a developmental milestone anymore. And that's true brain development. So if a baby is not crawling, there's an indication that something is probably not developing in the typical order that it should be. So my goal is that if you, if you have a young child, maybe look back at the old developmental milestones or ask your pediatrician, 
you know, on that early intervention works, you know, right now it's like a wait and see approach. I don't necessarily believe in that. I think that you should just go and, you know, try to find out what the root cause is of what's going on as much as possible. If you have a diagnosis, regardless of whatever it is, or even if it's anxiety and stuff, you know, find a, a functional doctor near you. Um, a functional medicine doctor who could run some, ba- you know, some basic labs on you, um, food sensitivities. Um, there's a lot of talk right now about parasites and parasite cleanses, you know, from the foods that we're eating, food sensitivity panels, you know, it could be not necessarily food that you're eating that you're not allergic to, but they could be causing a lot of gut issues that we were talking about earlier. So that would be um, some of in movement. Right. So, so many of us right now are in our kids are either, you know, they're on their iPads or on their computers, they're playing video games all day long, you know, and so they're not moving their bodies like it was like when we were younger, right, we would go outside and just play in the woods for hours and hours and hours you know, getting stuck in like, you know, that social media loop and just, um, you know, for, for the young kids, for their developing brains, it's just, I would just limit as much as you can on that. Um, but movement, just really knowing that there's, a, you know, if, if something is going on in your stomach um, or you're not feeling good or, or if you have certain pains or aches, unexplained aches in your body, um, I have a lot of friends right now that are complaining like of knee pains or joint pains and stuff look further into it, you know, even though you don't have the, the markers for like an arthritis or something, like look deeper because there, there, it could be the water that you're drinking. It could be the fluoride in your diet, right? It, there's so many things that it can be and not to, it, it can get overwhelming, but just always know that there's other options out there. Well, and to your point of a functional doctor, I think for some people, you and I are so excited about this stuff. We go and, and we try and do some research. We try and talk to different people that we know that are, that are experts in this space. If you're so new to this, I'll drop some links in the show notes. That way people can check it out. Caroline and, Caroline and I will talk about it. Uh, but I know that there's a website, not off the top of my head, that w- where you could find functional doctors or naturopaths. And I always think that's a good place to start. In fact, when I talk about my wellness team in terms of my cancer diagnosis, it's not just my oncologist. I mean, he's pretty fabulous and um, and really a special human being. And one thing I love about him is he's always been open to when I asked him questions about nutrition and what I should be eating to help me with cancer. He looked at me and he said, listen, I'm a pharmaceutical scientist and a medical oncologist. That is not my expertise. And I love that we're seeing more and more doctors that are, you know, that are admitting that like they know a lot, Mm -hmm. but they may not know that. And I think, and that's where I've brought in my team of, of functional players. We'll say you being one of them that educate me and then then I'll share that information. But to your point, like my oncologist may not be uh, digging deep to find out, or even my primary care may not be digging deep to find out some things. So I encourage you if you're, as Caroline said, to dig deeper and, and reach out to some functional doctors that may help you do that. If it's, um, if you're coming from a place where you don't really, you know, really know what to do. So anyway, Caroline, I want to throw it to you. Is there anything else that you would like to leave or talk about in terms of, um, what you do, what you love um, before we go. And you know how we're going to end the conversation. Mm. Yeah. You know, and I just wanted to say like, you know, there, there's a, a lot of times there's like a really nice collaboration. You kind of just alluded to that where the the connection, the collaboration between medical doctors and functional doctors and just, you know, coming up with a holistic team approach that works best for your individual body or plan or whatever. So, you know, it's not that I'm not 
I'm, you know, I'm all for traditional medicine too. It's just, just knowing that there's always other options out there. And just, you know, the one thing that I've, you know, learned and I'm super passionate about this and just getting information out there too, is that, you know, just even the statistics these days, right? Like, you know, I was in the school system for 22 years and I just recently left because of thought patterns of not willing to look outside the box and stuff like that. And really trying to help people the way, you know, the best way that I can. And like the numbers right now are like one in five kids have, are diagnosed with dyslexia. You know, autism is, you know, going at, at a rising at an alarming rate. So, you know, a lot of these issues are not going away. And the more that we could learn about this in, in brain development and just know that there's some options out there. Um, I just think that, you know, it's just the more most important thing is just, you know, educating yourself and trusting your gut. And if you don't know the answer to something, ask the question. I think sometimes people don't think it's the right thing to do or for whatever reason they don't ask the questions. And I think as part of education is us being open to ask the questions and understanding that we don't know what we don't know, wherever that might be. Right. So anyway, thank you. I am so grateful for our friendship. I am so grateful uh, that you're here to share some of our, our smaller conversations and bring it out to the big world. I'm grateful um, so as many of you know, who listen to the podcast, that the grateful game is something I do to close out each podcast episode. It started as I joke around. It was probably because my son, Kyle did not want to go to bed at night. And so when I said, Ooh, let's talk about what we're grateful for today, because I had just received a gratitude book. He was like, yeah, yeah, let's do it. And he would stay up and he would talk to me and he would go through all these things he was grateful for. And as time went on, it became, all right, we're not pulling out the book, we're not pulling out the list, but we're going to talk about what we're grateful for and why. And what I love about it is that as it became a habit, a positive habit, we often go through our day and we look at things that are good around us. Now, has this cured my cancer? No, it has not. But has it helped me? It's a tool. That to put that's provided a smile, that's provided good conversations, and has really helped me through some of those hard times. Which is why I feel like it's a, it's a wonderful way. If you're not playing it, all I you know all I ask is perhaps try it. Maybe you're in the car with your kids. You ask them, hey, tell me something you're grateful for today and why. And so, Caroline, I want to ask you, tell us something that you are grateful for. Anything today, in the last twenty four hours, and why? So I'm grateful for um, that I have some of these tools, right, and that I'm able to share it um, some of these tools with everybody. And one of the tools that I have that I'm super grateful for is that every day, um, I start off my day with these thoughts and it takes like literally not even like 20 seconds. And it's, you know, when I first wake up before I close my eyes, before I get on with my day, I'll say, you know, thank you for today. Like, thank you for today that I'm here. I'm alive. I get to enjoy today. The second thing I said, what can I learn today? I'm constantly feel like I'm learning. So, and again, that's where that education piece comes in. And the last thing that I always say is, how can I make today better than yesterday? So I love it. It takes, you know, literally like 20 seconds. Thank you for today. What can I learn today? And how can I make today better than yesterday? And I go on with my day and I just, it's always kind of like playing in the background. So I'm like so happy and grateful that I have that little tool. Okay, as I'm tearing up right now. That's so beautiful. The things that you find out about your friends when I guess I never asked you about your very early morning routine. So Caroline, 
Thank you so much for being here. And to the listeners out there, I hope you've enjoyed this conversation. As I mentioned, I will add links in the show notes. Or as always, you can reach out to me at Pretty Wellness on Instagram, or you can reach out to Caroline. I'll have all her information on her Instagram. We said SMT underscore treatment. And as usual, I just hope that this conversation has helped give you some ideas on finding a little bit more joy or we'll say balance in that journey that you have in life. So have a great day, everyone, and bye for now. One more thing. I would be so grateful if you'd take a minute to rate, review, and subscribe. You leaving a review helps us with our podcast ranking. The higher we are ranked, the more people can discover our show. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm sending you lots of happiness and great health.